Long has man regarded himself as vile, weak, and unworthy, and has been content to remain so. But in the new era, which has just now burst upon the world, he is to make a glorious discovery that he is pure, powerful, and noble when he rises up and wills. The rising up is not against any outward enemy, not against neighbour, nor governments, nor laws, nor spirits, nor principalities, but against the ignorance, folly, and misery which beset him in the dominion of his own mind. For it is only by ignorance and folly that man is slavish. By knowledge and wisdom his kingdom is restored. Let them who will preach man's weakness and helplessness, but I will teach his strength and power. I write for men, not for babes, for those who are eager to learn and earnest to achieve, for those who will put away, for the world's good, a petty personal indulgence, a selfish desire, a mean thought, and live on as though it were not, without craving and regret. The truth is not for the frivolous and the thoughtless. The life triumphant is not for triflers and loiterers. Man is a master. If he were not, he could not act contrary to law. Thus his so-called weakness is an indication of strength. His sin is an inversion of his capacity for holiness. For what is his weakness and sin but misdirected energy, misapplied power? In this sense the wrongdoer is strong, not weak. But he is ignorant and exerts his strength in wrong directions, instead of right, against the law of things, instead of with it. Suffering is the recoil of misdirected strength. The bad man becomes good by reversing his conduct. If you are weeping over your sins, cease to commit those sins and establish yourself in their opposing virtues. It is thus that weakness is converted into strength, helplessness into power, and suffering into bliss. By turning his energies from the old channels of vice and directing them into the new channels of virtue, the sinner becomes a saint. While the universal energy may be unlimited, in particular forms its sum is strictly limited. A man is possessed of a given amount of energy, and he can use it or misuse it, can conserve and concentrate it, or dissipate and disperse it. Power is concentrated energy. Wisdom is that energy adapted to beneficent ends. He is the man of influence and power who directs all his energies towards one great purpose, and patiently works and waits for its fulfilment sacrificing his desires in other and more pleasant directions. He is the man of folly and weakness, who, thinking chiefly of pleasure, gratifies the desire of the hour, or follows the whim and impulse of the moment, and so drifts thoughtlessly into peevishness and poverty of mind. The energy used in one direction is not available for use in other directions. This is a universal law, both in mind and matter. Emerson calls it the law of compensation. Gain in a given direction necessitates loss in its opposite direction. The force placed in one scale is deducted from the other scale. Nature is always endeavouring to strike a balance. The energy which is dissipated in idleness is not given to work. The pleasure-seeker cannot also be a truth-seeker. The force wasted in a fit of bad temper is drawn from the man's store of virtue, particularly the virtue of patience. 
Spiritually, this law of compensation is the law of sacrifice. Selfish pleasure must be sacrificed if purity is to be gained. Hatred must be yielded up if love is to be acquired. Vice must be renounced if virtue is to be embraced. Earnest men soon discover that if they are to accomplish anything that is successful, strong and enduring, in worldly, intellectual or spiritual channels, they must curb their desires and sacrifice much that seems sweet, yea, even much that seems important. Hobbies, bodily and mental indulgences, enticing companionships, alluring pleasures, and all work that does not tend to some central purpose in his life must be sacrificed by the man of strong resolve.